0: Hi, church. My name is Tim Power. I'm one of the pastors here at Salem. I hope that this message finds you safe and secure with plenty of toilet paper. I'm glad that I can share a message with you today, uh, but I'll say I'm a little bit uneasy. And I'm uneasy because things are changing so fast. Um, And so by the time you listen to this full message, I don't know, maybe things will have changed in the world that we share And so that makes me a little uneasy. I don't want my message to age badly, because sometimes messages age badly. Uh, On December 20th, 1924, the New York Times ran an article under the title, Hitler Tamed by Prison. It reads this, Adolf Hitler, once the demigod of the reactionary extremists, was released on parole from imprisonment at Fortress Landsbergis, Bavaria today. He looked a much sadder and wiser man today than last spring, when he and other radical extremists were charged with conspiracy to overthrow the government. His behavior during imprisonment convinced the authorities that he is no longer to be feared. It is believed that he will retire to private life and return to Austria, the country of his birth. Now that message didn't age well, did it? So, I'm going to stick to a message today that's going to be true no matter when you hear this. That message is the gospel of Jesus Christ. In gospel, this word gospel means good news, the good news, and good news never gets old. Good news doesn't age poorly, and good news changes everything. Now the passage of scripture that Pastor Deb read a little bit earlier, although it was written 2,000 years ago, it's really relevant to the day we're living in. See, the Apostle Paul wrote this when he was separated from the congregation of the Thessalonians. Thessalonica was a city in what is now modern-day Greece. It was then the Roman capital of Macedonia. Now back then, their Wi-Fi was really bad. Very slow. So Paul didn't know when his message was going to get to the church there, okay? But he did know this. No matter how long it took, when his message got them, he was going to be speaking to people who were in trouble, people who were dealing with hardship. See, first of all, the church there was living under the oppressive arm of the Roman Empire. And secondly, he was speaking to the Christian church there who was being singled out for persecution, sometimes even persecution unto death. And Paul knew he was writing this to people who were feeling a world of hurt. And so we read this letter, not just as encouragement to a people then who were in trouble, but we can read this now for us when we feel like we're in trouble. I'm going to read the beginning of that again. It says this, We thank God for all you when we mention you constantly in our prayers. This is because we remember your work that comes from faith, your effort that comes from love, and your perseverance that comes from hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the presence of our God and Father. Brothers and sisters, you are loved, and we know that he has chosen you. I want to say that last verse again because some of us really need to hear this. Brothers and sisters, you are loved by God. Please soak that in right now. You are loved by God. Please know that you're not forgotten. Please know that you're not disregarded. You're not left behind. But it doesn't stop there. Next, he says this, we know that God has chosen you. I know we're in unprecedented times right now. Times that can test our faith, that can test our courage. But you need to know that God chose you for a time such as this. For this time, for this place. I want to encourage you, as a follower of Jesus Christ, that your world needs you. It needs your best right now. A.W. Tozer once wrote this. He said, a fearful world needs a fearless church. Now, I'm trying to keep as much up with the news, as, as all of you probably are too, with our current understanding of the coronavirus and, and how it's spread, we are told that it spreads very easily from person to person, which is why all of our church activities have moved online, why we're not meeting together right now. So we need to follow the guidelines set by local and federal authorities. Like I said, we know that this virus spreads quickly, and one thing that seems to spread even more quickly, though, is Fear. And while caution is our friend, fear is our enemy. You know, our scriptures say more than 365 times one commandment, to fear not, to not be afraid. 365 times. That's one time for every day of the year. Now, you hear over and over in newscasts these days the idea of being a carrier. Now, this means as far as the coronavirus is concerned, somebody who carries the virus and spreads it everywhere they go, sometimes without even knowing it. I want to let you know that every single one of us is a carrier of something. Now, every one of us is spreading something, even if we don't know it. We're spreading either fear or we're spreading good news. Maybe it's just at the dinner table. Maybe it's on Facebook, on Instagram, we're all carriers, carriers of something. I want you to ask yourself right now, am I spreading fear or am I spreading good news? When he encouraged the church in Thessalonians, Paul pointed out three qualities that set the believers of Jesus Christ apart. Three things that we should be known for in troubled times. You'll find those things in verse three. He says that we should be known for our faith, for our love, and for our hope. And you'll notice in the text It's always tied to an action. These are not just out there theological ideas. How can we as the church right now, given our physical geographic limitations of our moment, how can we be known for these three things? How can we be known for faith, for love, and for hope? At Salem, we are trying to best empower you to live these things out. We're trying to create opportunities to continue gathering in groups online to strengthen our faith. We're trying to be creative in what outreach looks like right now, in this hour. Maybe we can't leave our houses, but we need to still be the church. And we need to keep seeking the kingdom of God. I'm going to make a big ask of you. I want to ask you to think, how can we be spreading faith, love, and hope as the church right now. The church needs your vision as well. Leonard Ravenhill once said this. He said, the world out there is looking not for a new definition of Christianity. The world is looking for a new demonstration of Christianity. That's what we're called to be, carriers of faith, love, and hope like the world has never seen. Can you be a prayer warrior right now? If you're in your house, can you intercede for somebody in need? Can you go to God and pray for the sick? Pray for our doctors. Pray for our healthcare workers. Pray for the leaders in our community. Can you invite someone to a small group online that maybe has never come to one of our Bible studies before? Can you take your financial resources and give to those who are in need? Give to organizations that are spearheading the effort in this community. Can you, instead of getting online and sharing a negative political opinion, can you share a message of hope? Now, I know one of the toughest parts of all of this is not knowing what tomorrow looks like. Now, Jesus doesn't promise us that our lives are going to be trouble-free. Far from it. Instead, He put us here. He actually chose me and he chose you to be here even in troubled times because the world needs the church. Now see, we have something special. That last thing that Paul mentioned was hope. See, we believe that Jesus Christ gave his life so that we would have life and life more abundant. We believe that Jesus Christ gave his life so that no matter what the variables, we know the end of the story. That our home is not here, but our home is in Jesus Christ. So we don't need to shrink back, church. Caution is our friend, but fear is our enemy. Church, I'm inviting you. Will you stand with me in faith and love and hope?